Uh, let's pray. Um, Father, thank you so much. Uh, it, it astounds me that your heart uh, has room <laughs> to love all of us in all of our grimy junk, uh, besetting sin patterns um, that many of us haven't kicked ever or in years. Uh, your love does not change based on our performance. And yet your love does call us to live changed lives. And so I pray that today, uh, Holy Spirit, you would pour out the Father's love to us and that we would uh, see that love demonstrated in Christ, his life, his death, and his resurrection, and how that good news shapes everything for us from our work to our family our friendships our choices help us to worship you uh, for who you are and to live in light of that reality amen so we are in a series called one thing and uh it it it's really important to remember what matters most because we can and often do forget what matters most. Uh, we've been in the middle of a building remodel for like two months and that does not matter most. It takes time and energy and money, but that doesn't matter most. I talk about small groups a lot. Small groups doesn't matter most. Um, uh, Paul says in Galatians, faith expressing itself through love. That's what counts. Jesus said, here's the, the most important commandment. Love God with your whole self and love those around you. And so we have to remind ourselves these things. That's part of the reason we gather every single week. We have to be reminded by God of what matters most. And so if there is one thing, one main thing for you in your life, it is to pursue relationship with God. And not just a, I'm right with God, I'll go to heaven when I die type of distant relationship, but a relationship of depth and intimacy. So Psalm 27.4 is a verse that kind of encompasses the heart of this series. And the psalmist says this, one thing, one thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek that I may dwell or live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. And so if there was, honestly, if there was just one thing that I'd encourage everyone in our church to do and to make just a practice in their life, it is to spend intentional time with God on a regular basis, to get alone with God. And so we, in this series, we've kind of been looking at four essential components of growing this relationship with God. And, and I want to be really clear. We don't earn the growth. We don't earn the relationship. But what I'm talking about is exerting effort. Exerting effort to partner with God in what he is doing in our relationship. He, he doesn't just say, sit back and I'll give you growth. <laughs> he says, come join me, learn from me, be my student in all of life. So last week, we talked about the component of scripture. 
And uh, this week, we're going to talk about prayer in order to keep this fire, this relationship alive and well. So uh, uh, if, 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 if scripture, and I used this illustration last week, scripture in, in, a, in a relationship with God, it's like hearing from God. You've got you've to listen to your friends if you want to grow in friendship with them. But you don't just want to sit there and be rambled at the whole time. And you need a two-way conversation. And so if scripture is like listening to God, then prayer is like the other side. It's, it's our talking to God. And I've, I've heard this story, maybe you've heard this story, uh, about a minister who goes in to visit a family, uh, or one person in the family, I think it's the husband, is in the hospital. And he goes in the room talks to the husband and then he comes out and talks to the wife and he says, well, let's start by praying. And she says, oh, is it that bad? Is it that bad that we should pray? Um, okay, wow. I thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> uh, contrast that mindset of prayer with Martin Luther, who is a great mind, great theologian in the 1500s. And he said, I have so much to do in my day that I should spend the first three hours in prayer. Or Robert McChaney, who was a pastor uh, in the 1800s, and he says, what a man is on his knees before God, that he is and nothing more. So those statements are convicting, I would say, to all of us, but to a few of us, they're, they, they just make sense. It's like, oh yeah, prayer. Like, let's do it. That sounds fun. I've tasted that kind of life, and it makes sense to do it. I am not one of those people. I like to figure things out. Prayer is not honestly my strong suit. In that fire illustration, um, and I don't have a scripture to back this up, but my experience has been we all kind of have inclinations towards community or prayer or scripture. And, and my inclination is towards scripture. Like I will sit down and have my quiet time and forget to pray. Forget to think about other people. <laughs> but I have other friends that God's brought into my life uh, who has the wind of their life blowing them in other directions. And so it's really good for us to be around each other who are not like us. L let me say that again. It's really good to be around people who are not like you. So Todd is one of those friends for me. And I think... God's really gifted him with the inclination to pray and to enjoy praying. And so, uh, Todd, I just wanted to invite you to come up and share with us part of uh, how prayer has been helpful in your life. And if you want to get this, I will get the chairs. Thanks, Cheryl. See, if you don't want to sit on the front row, I'll, uh, I'll take away the front row. <laughs> I'm joking. My hair's only a little wet. Oh, oh, from my, from my spit. <laughs> we have to explain all of our jokes we up do. here. Uh, Once you step on this stage, you have to explain your jokes. <laughs> um, you ready for that? Uh, I am. I just thought of a dad joke. We won't share it because we're not here for that. Okay. Uh, thanks, so. Todd. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would like for you to share how uh, practicing prayer has looked in your life 
whether it's in your quiet times, what's, what's kind of the practice of prayer look like in your life? Yeah, uh, so I remember having this pink um, note card when I was maybe in middle school, I think. So, And I started just writing prayers down because I couldn't, one, I couldn't focus, uh, and two, I needed the emotional health. Um, so prayer has always been a necessity for me. Uh, um, and, and now God's given me a, a wife, too, to keep me emotionally healthy, but uh, prayer and getting my prayers out is, uh, keeps me stable and from having emotional breakdowns. Um, Literally, <laughs> sometimes, so, yeah. That's good. Uh, and what's been, has there been anything that's, like, challenging to you as you pursue a life of relationship with God, and, and specifically prayer, anything challenging with prayer? Yeah, yeah. so uh, having quiet times, that started in middle school also. So we did a convocation at um, church, and it was... Uh, I wanted to be the best, and I wanted to win and bolster my own pride and self-righteousness. So, so I memorized everything I was supposed to, and, and by golly, I had a daily quiet time, so, which included prayer and scripture, um, but was, was pretty much void of Jesus. So uh, Ben mentioned John 5, 39 through 40 last week. You diligently study the scriptures so because you think that by them you have eternal life, um, but they testify about Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, and it wasn't until much later that... Uh, I started to seek Jesus and to see like, oh, uh, there's no condemnation <laughs> in Christ. So um, because if you're seeking your own pride and righteousness apart from Christ, uh, then there's lots of condemnation available, especially from the Bible. <laughs> um, so it, it, rightly, it rightly should be there. Um, so but in Jesus, that, that isn't there. So, you, so I get to walk with him. So it's been challenging for me mm. uh, to relate to God honestly um, and to acknowledge that uh, he's not, um, he's not threatened by my doubts or my insecurities or whatever my actual thought is at that moment. Uh, when I read numbers and I see like, God, like why he was, he was picking up wood on the Sabbath. Like, I don't understand why you had him killed. Um, like I don't get it. <laughs> so, um, and, uh, uh, but, uh, so it's been challenging for me to confront, um, my own doubts and insecurities before God and trust that I can really tell him this um, and he's not going to kill me <laughs> for that. So yep. or something. So like, there's no condemnation in Christ. So that's been the most challenging part is to acknowledge like he's not threatened by any part of me and he loves me intensely. That's really good, Todd. And just to kind of unpack, if I had that same question in numbers, I would study that passage until it made sense. Of course God had that guy killed. <laughs> I wouldn't talk to God about it. That's not wise. So, thank you, Todd, for... Yeah, you bet. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, so what's been rewarding, or how, how would you describe uh, enjoyment that God has brought through prayer in your life? Yeah, Ben put those quotes up on the wall. So, and I, I do not pray three hours a day at all. That one still is intimidating to me. Um, but uh, the second one, where um, a man's nothing more than what he is on his knees. So that that's just true. So um, I don't I don't live that way. Especially at work, it's hard for me to integrate uh, the reality of Christ uh, in, into my workday. Um, so, uh, but but the reward, um, I. Uh, 
There's so much. Uh, <laughs> so one, one, my emotional health. So probably probably the reason I made it through my freshman year of college in a healthy way was because I did go pray three hours on Wednesday afternoons. So and just prayed and, and journaled. So and my my heart stayed stable. So um, uh, and if you're not like that, that's okay. <laughs> so yep. If you're emotionally stable, uh, I'm really grateful. Uh, uh, ben is emotionally stable. Joshua Ruby is another emotionally stable person in my life. Um, but we're talking about rewards of prayer. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I think the most evident one is going to be the, the change in relationship with my father. Um, so grew up in a believing household, um, but he's a workaholic. Uh, and so in my mind, God was also a workaholic, so which played in quite well to my legalism and, and self-condemnation. So uh so at K-State, the last two years, every Saturday morning almost, we would pray with, with, with this large group of 10 to 20 people, um, and uh, and I prayed fervently for God to raise up good fathers in the United States. So, uh, and then I went back home for a year. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just so beautiful. Um, I went back home, and, and God was changing all the men in the church I grew up with. So all of them were changing and becoming good fathers and learning how to do that. Um, and my dad... Uh, like we had a decent relationship, but there's always this catch in my soul and heart towards him. So, and that's gone now. So we have a good thriving relationship where, um, I interact with him and that, and that's God designed that relationship to be powerful, um, in a good way or a bad way. There's no, no avoiding, um, the headship of, of fatherhood. So, uh, yeah, completely changed. Um, I, uh, if you pray, um, God's going to answer. So when you ask for things, uh, I, I guess I'd encourage you to be scared <laughs> of what you're asking for because he might say yes. So, um, and and that's uh, the, my my two ways I, I end up approaching prayer is that way, thinking like, oh, what do I really want here, um, and then asking for it very specifically. Um, I remember one time being frustrated in college because I wanted a wife, uh, and uh, there was nothing on the forefront. And uh, so I was like, fine, God, I'm going to ask you for the highest bar I can get here so that I can imagine on my own. So so I just started praying. So And then I married Molly, and I thought, I wonder what I prayed for. Um, and I went back, and everything was on there. So he wasn't intimidated by that prayer either. Um, and then the other, other uh, reward has been to say uh, – this is an impossible situation, God, and I have no faith that you're going to act here at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then to say, who knows? Maybe God will act on our behalf. So, uh, and I've seen Him answer a lot of prayers um, in that way. Um, so, and if you're thinking like, yeah, I'm not like Todd. Um, I, I guess the Bible says Elijah was a man just like us, and he prayed for God to not send rain um, for years on end. So. And he did that. So, uh, so even if you're not like me and emotionally unstable, uh, you're at least like Elijah, who is a man just like us. Yep, that's great, Todd. Thanks so much for sharing. Let's give him a hand. That's not easy to do. Yep, I sure appreciate you sharing, Todd. And so with the rest of our time today, I, uh, I want us to learn how to pray the way that Jesus taught his friends to pray. And I also want to warn you, uh, Jesus's intent in teaching his friends, his followers to pray this way was that they'd actually do it. Um, 
So we're going to practice it. We're going to do it. I'm not going to go around and make sure everyone's praying. You're welcome to not vocalize any prayer. Um, I, I would invite you at least to pray silently. Um, and the first one will be silent. So let's, let's look at how Jesus taught his friends how to pray in Matthew 6. He says, pray then like this, or other translations, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's it. How often have you heard that prayer. Many of us probably have it memorized. I know I did and do. But more importantly, does this prayer mark or even inform our practice of prayer? And honestly, like as I reflected on my life this week, it doesn't. And I want you to know that God is gracious and will listen to just about anything, (laughs) just about anything. He's very slow to anger, abounding in love, But when Jesus was asked how to pray, teach us to pray, he didn't just say, just spill your guts, like you can say whatever. He he didn't. He's trying to help us. He's trying to help us learn the best way to pray, the, the most helpful way for us. It's not like God needs his ego massaged by us at all with our prayer. Jesus is trying to help us with this teaching. So it's not a law that will condemn you if you don't follow this structure, if you don't pray like this. But it is, Jesus says at the end of the Sermon on the Mount when he uh, taught his disciples those words, that, that prayer, he said, blessed is the person who hears what I teach and does it. So if, if you want a blessed prayer life, according to Jesus, it just makes sense to, to, to integrate how to pray. And so, again, this is me finding help from the Bible (laughs) as to how I can relate with God. Jesus starts prayer, and he says we ought to start prayer with worship. And at this very point is where I often fall. It's so easy for me to skip over because what's natural to me, and I'm guessing for you, is is self-worship. I'm more interested in what I get from God than who I am becoming in Christ, who I am with God. And so just to to make it real practical, last semester in my small group, we, we normally end the time with like confession of sin, accountability, and pray for each person. And uh, I was listening to the guy, one of my guys in group, and then I started praying for him and, you know, just kind of like asking for this and that and trying to get the group out by 8.30 to respect the people's time. And, <laughs> and, and then in the middle of my just going through the list, uh, God's spirit checked me and just said, remember who you're talking with. Remember who I am. And so I stopped my list <laughs> and started to remember and started to worship. And uh, you can go through a list with a heart of worship, but Jesus begins the conversation with his father by acknowledging who his father is. 
And so again, I'm not trying to create a list of rules here. Jesus isn't trying to create a list of rules. He's trying to help us. And God is not going to ignore your prayer because you failed to adequately extol him. This is for us. It's for our good that we orient ourselves to who Jesus is, who we're talking to at the beginning. Jesus begins the prayer, how we are to pray with worship. And then Jesus moves to surrender. Uh, It sounds like this. God, have your way. Your kingdom come. That's surrender. You all have a kingdom or a queendom, okay? It's whatever you own. It's whatever's in your life. It's part of your kingdom or your queendom. But here, Jesus says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth right here as it is in heaven, which is 100% God's will, God's ways all the time. So why, let's think about Jesus as an intelligent person. Why would he move to surrender after worship? because it just makes sense. That's an intelligent response to who God is. When you see God in his goodness, when you see God in his transcendence, how how above us he is, it just makes sense to say, okay, I have these plans, I have these desires, but I surrender them to you. I, 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 I acknowledge that your ways are better than my ways it doesn't make sense for me to just, you know, talk to you like you're Santa Claus and I got my wish list and then I get off your lap and, you know, expect for it to come true. Like that, again, God will listen to your wish list. He's, he's not a difficult father. But he wants depth of relationship and not just some mere exchange of pleasantries or exchange of wishes. And so Jesus starts with worship, then he moves to surrender. And then finally, Jesus concludes, and this is a short prayer. Didn't take long to read the passage. But Jesus concludes this short example prayer by requesting needs. Needs. Daily provision. What we need today. And in our first world culture, seems like a silly thing to ask for bread. I mean, you can run down to Leakers or Dillon's or Walmart and, you know, pick up the bread that you need this week. But he's, he's acknowledging that God is the ultimate provider, his heavenly father, our heavenly father. And so he, he's saying, who you are, God, is worthy of my worship, is worthy of my surrendered life, and everything that I need I rely on you for, starting with daily provision. Then he moves to living a forgiven life, which is being forgiven by God, but also forgiving those around us who owe us something or who we could hold something over them. They hurt us, we could hold that over them. And Jesus is saying, we should pray to live forgiven lives, that God would forgive us and that we would forgive those around us. And then he, he concludes by asking God, encouraging us to ask God for leadership for living well. So 
lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You could paraphrase that, God, I don't want what's hard, <laughs> but lead me into good. That, that's kind of flipping those things on their head. Lead us not into temptation, which James says temptation comes from our sinful, evil desires. So God doesn't lead us into temptation. Think about Jesus' prayer this week. And if you don't have it memorized, that might be a helpful way to start thinking about it. But I, I was astounded at how deep Jesus' simple prayer is, how helpful it is. He says, he says, worship God, then live surrendered, and then ask God for your needs. And you need to live well. You need to be led in order to live well. So here's, where, here's how we're going to practice. Um, we're going to practice praying because it's always a temptation to read about prayer, to hear sermons about prayer, and to think, yeah, we're going to grow in prayer and never pray. <laughs> At least that's my temptation. So I invite you to pray silently and personalize this prayer. And when, when we get down to requests, I'm going to kind of lead us through these sections uh, with brief introductions. When we get down to requ requests, you can choose one, two, or all three of the requests that Jesus offered. Um, but if there's one that you feel like a particular connection to, like if you are ridden with guilt and you daily live thinking that you're not good enough, you're defined by your faults and your failures, you should probably linger on forgive us our debts and linger on the way that God has answered that prayer in sending Jesus, Jesus' faithful obedience to the cross and his resurrection from the dead. If, if you've lost your job or you're struggling financially, it would make sense for you to linger on give me this day my daily bread. But we're gonna get to the we're gonna get to the needs after we do the worship and surrender, because that will shape your heart before we start asking God for things. And if you're facing like major life decisions, it, it would make sense for you to linger on, lead me into what is good. Don't lead me into temptation. Help me avoid that unnecessary pain from foolish choices. Deliver me from evil. So you might be like, how's this gonna go? Well, we're gonna, we're gonna find out. <laughs> um, and we'll start with worship. So you don't have to close your eyes. You don't have to fold your hands. Do whatever helps you uh, to talk to God right now. Daddy, I love you. Paraphrase that first part of his prayer. Our Father, in the heavens, hallowed be your name.
it's also okay if you don't have a lot to say to God. now because of who you are God would you help us surrender our lives so paraphrase the next part of the prayer to God in in your own words say your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven And to have our hearts surrendered to you, even if it's a reluctant <laughs> surrender, Jesus. Um, we come now and we ask for our needs. Um, so do your best to try to, and it might not work, talk to somebody if it doesn't work, but try to fit your felt need into one of these buckets. <laughs> whether it's um, what you need today, physically, emotionally, spiritually, or maybe it's living a forgiven life or being led. You need God's leadership in a specific way. Talk to him about your needs. What's interesting to me is Jesus didn't wrap up this prayer with an amen. He just kept on teaching. (laughs) Uh, So you don't even have to say amen. Um, If you'd like to, that's fine. I'd just like to encourage you to know what you're saying. You're saying truly, let it be so. And so if you really want it and and you think you've prayed in God's will, you might even let out a whoopee. Uh, (laughs) 
because you know you're asking your heavenly father for something that he wants to give you. And uh, you might be delighted about that. So, or you could just say, talk to you later. Um, just something, food for thought when you pray. Uh, thanks for engaging that exercise. The, the last thing with this passage that I want to look at is where is the gospel? Where is the gospel in the Lord's Prayer? I think there's more than one answer, but it starts at least in relating to him as our father. And what kind of father, what kind of father are we addressing when we say our father who's in the heavens? It's the kind of father that runs to greet his wayward son who has left him, treated him as though he were dead, the son did. But the father runs to greet that son a son who's come home to surrender to the will of his dad. Whatever his dad wants him to do, he's willing to become his dad's servant. But that father ends up throwing a party for that son. That is the kind of father that we're addressing. And we're all that son. Unless, of course, we're like the father's other son, who is bitter that he has been slaving away for the father, never leaving him or forsaking him, but he never got a party like that brother did. Or more precisely, that son of yours is what the older brother says to the father. He doesn't even acknowledge his brotherhood. When we ask our father for daily bread, we're either coming from a place of desperation, like the prodigal who was eating pig's pods, and longing to, or longing to eat pig's pods, or we're coming from a place of entitlement. Like, of course, God, you would give me what I'm asking for. I've slaved for you, and I don't demand anything. Of course, you'd give me what I'm asking for. We're coming to a father whose heart either softens or hardens our heart. His forgiving heart either softens our hearts like it did the prodigal sons, or it hardens our heart like it did the older brother. And our father never leads us into temptation. He's not the reason that any of us ran away or that any of us strayed away. But he is glad to deliver us from the evil we get ourselves into, should we simply repent. And he's also glad to deliver us from the evil of self-righteousness that the older brother got himself into. So... With all that in mind, prayer is an incredibly safe place. <laughs> the Father is always reaching out. That's the Father, the Heavenly Father that we're talking to, reaching out and longing to welcome in and embrace his child. So since it's a safe place, I'm about to ask us to do something more dangerous than normal. <laughs> And I say that just to brace you. I know some of you will feel very uncomfortable and the discomfort is not my intent, but the training of this is my intent. We're going to close by praying out loud in groups of two to five. Um, so you can undo your chairs. Uh, they, they undo like this way to that way. You, you can't undo that chair without picking up the chair. So anyways, you can undo your chairs, create little groups, 
Um, and, and if you don't know the people that you're praying with, introduce yourself. I'd encourage you to find someone maybe that you don't know because um, it's good to be around people who you don't know and who are different from you. Um, but, you know, introduce yourself. And uh, here, here's, our, here's our prayer. Here, here's what we're doing is we're just going to bless each other uh, by praying for them. So it might look like this. And you can keep this format if you're like, I don't know how to pray. Well, Jesus just taught us how to pray. Father, I adore you for creating Joel. I adore you, Father, for creating Roger. Um, may they experience the goodness of knowing you deeply. May the good news of Jesus shape their life. May they live forgiven lives, knowing your forgiveness and extending forgiveness to others. Would you give them everything they need? Just, you know, personalize this prayer and use it to bless somebody. It's amazing to me how many people, and I've just kind of recently started this, so I'm no expert, but uh, if you offer to pray for, for someone, they'll always say yes. They normally don't expect you to pray right there. But <laughs> once they've said yes, you can pray for me. Oh, is it okay if I do it now? <laughs> then you can pray for them. <laughs> and if it's true, Robert McChaney, he said what a man is on his knees before God, that he is and nothing more. Man, you can let them know exactly who you are. And it's just an amazing opportunity to bless them. I mean, you could be an older brother and, you know, kind of hold your righteousness over them in that moment, but that's not a blessing. Um, and so you, you might get rejected or given a strange look, but you're not weird unless you go about it weird, okay? <laughs> um, and again, I, I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to force you to engage in this activity. Um, but yeah, this is where we can pray out loud and... Uh, if you feel like you're stumbling all over your words, God doesn't love you any less, okay? Uh, I stumble all over my words. You guys see it. <laughs> so it's okay. Um, so, yep, let's break up into groups, and I'll come back up and close this down and uh, invite the worship team back up. So groups of two to five. We're, we're going we're gonna to sing now. I, I want to pray. I want to pray the prayer, the model prayer. We don't have to pray these words, but I do want us to hear again how Jesus taught us to pray. Um, how he taught us, not what. So, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from the evil one.